0: Thank you for checking out the Think Law Podcast. But did you know you can dig even deeper? My first book, Thinking Like a Lawyer, a Framework to Teach Critical Thinking to All Students, is now available on Amazon or many of your favorite book websites. So please check it out and be a part of our Critical Thinking Revolution. Welcome to the Think Law Podcast with Colin Seal, where we challenge you to imagine a world where critical thinking is no longer a luxury good and equip you with the powerful but practical tools to make that possible in our schools, in leadership, and in our homes. Hi everyone, it's Colin Seal. I am so excited that you're checking out another episode of the Think Law Podcast. Now, as I was thinking about this particular episode, I started asking myself, what is a good idea to discuss? Like I, I, I'm just in looking for good ideas. What's a good idea? And and I, I think about this concept around a good idea and I scratch my head a little bit because I don't know that we spend a lot of time being very intentional about what a good idea is. I can think about One time I got an email, you know, we do a lot of work with schools all over the country. And one of the districts that we work with sent an email saying, guess what? We just came up with a good idea. It's not just good. It's one of the goodest ideas we've ever seen. When something is so good, you start making up words, you know, it's good. Right. And this idea was to have this vendor fair. There's about 300 different approved vendors with this district. We're going to have this fair where we're going to come into this real big, like, arena. Everyone's going to have a booth, and we're going to have all these people from the district walking around and actually learning and understanding what these vendors have to offer. And I'm like, wow, that's a pretty sweet deal. Good idea. Went out there. Had another team member out there. And when we got out there, we realized there was no one there but the vendors. But it was such a good idea. And how many times have we seen this play out? How many times has this business had this great idea for this new project? But nobody wants to buy this new product. Nobody's interested in purchasing that new service. No one on the team is bought into this new initiative. How many times as parents do we have a really good idea about how to switch stuff up, how to plan a really enjoyable experience for our young people, and it falls flat on its face as a complete dud? So I wanted to step back and really start to think about what is a good idea and how can we approach this with the kind of systematic thinking that is very consistent with the critical thinking approach that we always talk about on the Think Law podcast what's a good idea? So let's step back a little bit. What do we see happening a lot? We see that most businesses fail. And it's one of the things that really frustrates me. We speak a lot in public sector agencies whenever we're critiquing the government or city government or federal government or our school districts and school systems. where we say, you know, they ought to run a lot more like businesses. The challenge with that phrase is that most businesses fail. And if you want to actually step back and think about why most businesses fail, what's the process of typically how folks go about starting a business? They come up with what they believe is a good idea. Good idea. It's really good. And they come up with this business plan, usually in secret, because they don't want anybody to steal their good idea. It's their good idea. And then they're like, okay, world, guess what? My good idea is ready for you. Take it or leave it. And about 50% of the time, people are leaving it. And your business doors are shuttering in a matter of a couple of years, if that. So let's step back and think about what could a process look like to systemically come up with ideas that aren't good because we say they're good but they're good because we actually tested this out. We actually have a way to validate this statement around whether or not an idea is actually good. Let's first of all define what good means. Good means that it gets the job done. Whatever that job is, this is the thing that's able to solve these problems. And when I talk about this idea of a good idea, there's three steps that I want to break down for you. The first step is figuring out a way to understand whether this idea is solving a problem that is worthwhile. And when I talk about a problem being worthwhile, it has to be not just important. There are a million important problems in the world, but think about something for a second. Whatever device that you use to make phone calls and surf the internet. Like think about the phone that's in your hand and understand that we've gotten to a point where you have believed we are all pretty much convinced that life cannot continue without a very complicated device that I can hold in my hand that can cost anywhere between 750 and a thousand dollars at some point. This became a really urgent and important problem. Prior to this, we were perfectly okay having a little flip phone, a little Nokia where you could play that little snake game. Like, but somehow it became important and urgent. So let's think about this. A lot of times when, when I think about like, how do we get to both important and urgent? We've got to do some investigating. We've got to actually ask some questions. So think law was founded out of this desire to to close the critical thinking gap that we see in education, that we see at home, that we see impacting the workforce at a time when we need critical thinking more than ever. But I can't just say that, hey, I've got this idea. It's a good idea. We're going to solve critical thinking problems using real life legal cases. No, I've got to make sure that forget about the solution. I want to make sure that what I'm thinking about is actually the right problem. And it's the right problem if it's both important and urgent. If you're a principal of a school, if you're a school superintendent, what are you worried about? Chronic absenteeism. You're worried about someone shooting up the school. You're worried about the funding, the budgets, the test scores. These are the things that keep you up at night. I need to make sure that I understand how the critical thinking gap fits into your criteria. And what I started to recognize is, Critical thinking for the sake of critical thinking as a standalone wasn't really the issue. It was this idea of critical thinking as the reason that when we transitioned to more difficult state assessments about eight to 10 years ago, a lot of test scores fell all over the country because this new type of test has a lot more critical thinking. So it's not critical thinking in and of itself. It's critical thinking as a way to make sure that we do better on tests. And that kids are able to assess at higher levels. It also turns out that a lot of schools that are struggling with school culture, with discipline issues, with bullying. Well, critical thinking is a very smooth pathway to be able to improve interpersonal conflicts and give our kids a lot more conflict resolution skills and build this space where they're able to disagree without being disagreeable. So there's less fights and less drama and less conflict. So I started recognizing like, okay, I understand now that critical thinking in and of itself isn't necessarily important and urgent. It's important, but it becomes urgent once I tie it to one of those issues that you're losing sleep over. So when you start thinking about what those are, what that feels like, I know that any idea for an educator that's going to help that educator save time that they don't have when I think about any idea for a business that's going to allow them to satisfy a customer's need, and when you talk about customer's need, I need to be clear with you about something. The consumer isn't always going to be educated, whether that consumer is your child and your parent, whether that consumer is a student and your teacher, or whether it's your typical consumer in the business world. There's that saying that said, you know, when uh, Henry Ford invented the Model T, if you just would have done a poll and asked people, well, what do you want for transportation? They would say a faster horse. They couldn't even fathom this idea of having a vehicle that they can use to get around in those sorts of ways. So you often have to Bring out this idea of helping them understand all the different ways that they have problems. Like, what are the problems with the horse, right? Did they die? They get thirsty. They need a lot of stops. They get hurt. They get injured. They slow you down. What if you didn't have that? What if there was a way to be able to get a lot further for a lot more of a consistent time? Like, Then you start thinking about that, that, that urgency of the situation at a time when people can't fathom this, okay? That's how you identify whether your good idea is actually solving the right problem. So that's step one, making sure the problem is both important and urgent. How can I act on this right now? This problem is bothering me so much. I need this yesterday. I'm ready to sign on today, even though I don't know if it's going to be done until the future because of how important this is. The next step to figure out whether your idea is actually a good one. You've already figured out that you're solving a problem that's both important and urgent. And by saying you already figured it out, remember, it's not you. You're getting this feedback because you're not just living in your own head. You're asking about it. You're checking in with people about this. So now the second part is, you got this thing that you think is a solution. And it doesn't have to be the world's greatest solution. In the innovation space, we call this your MVP, your minimum viable product. What is the slimmest, most cost-efficient, simplest way to put your idea out into the universe for consumption and start to tackle that problem? Start to. You don't even have to have the be-all, end-all answer right at that moment. So when I go back to my journey with Think Law, I think about this idea of we had lessons in Microsoft Word. And they were based off of real-life legal cases. And we started putting it out there. And what we wanted to ask people as we were getting out and getting feedback to figure out whether this was actually a good idea or just some nonsense that should be rejected because nobody really wanted it, right? It was a solution in search of a problem. But, like, I already figured out that this was an urgent and important problem. Now I want to test out this solution. Well, what kinds of questions did I ask about the solution? I asked How would you use this to solve the problem? How would you use this? If I gave you a curriculum that was based off of real-life legal cases, like, what would you do with this? And this is where I got feedback from a woman in the foster care system that said, you know, what's interesting is our kids have all the critical thinking in the world when they're standing in front of a judge explaining why they shouldn't get in trouble. But somehow that critical thinking is absent when they're making these decisions that put them into that scenario. So they started thinking about their life skills classes and how it would be a very seamless integration with what they already have going on. And I thought, wait, time out. Seamless integration? Tell me more. And it turned out that the more seamless it was, the more that you can fit this solution into things that already exist, whether it was education or youth nonprofit work or youth government work, the better it would be to actually make it be successful. Then I started asking these questions like, well, why wouldn't it work? Based off of your experience and know-how, based off of all the times that you bought something that you thought was a good idea and nobody really cared to use it. It sat on the shelf, it collected dust, or people used it and were unhappy with it. And then they were like, oh my goodness, don't even get me started. It turns out people kind of enjoy complaining. And isn't it pretty amazing if instead of complaining about the idea that you thought was a good idea, you're getting the advanced information about what those complaints could be to ensure that the thing that you thought was a good idea actually comes out as a good idea. One of those little nuggets that I got was in the juvenile detention context, we had a lot of kids that would be in and out super quickly. So, They couldn't do a program with a bunch of prerequisites and they had one program that was a pain in the butt because you couldn't do lesson 12 unless you had done lessons 1 to 11, but then everyone was just sitting in a holding pattern and couldn't get started because of the way the program was structured. Please don't do that with your program. Make it so that each lesson can be done in isolation. That wasn't a feature that I had thought about in advance, but because I listened to the best ways to implement it, I was able to get the sort of feedback. You see companies do this with focus groups. You understand that there's value to getting this input. It's not a good idea because you thought it was a good idea. For schools that are working with parents and families, so often y'all go out and you just do things and then you get all this backlash from parents, but it's like you could have asked. You could have checked. You could have just walked through the carpool after school was over and just asked. You could have sent out a quick survey and just asked. Call up your parents that always have something to say. The ones that always complain, let them complain in advance. That way you make sure that you get a solution that actually aligns. That's actually going to be seamlessly integrated because to have a good idea that never actually works in practice makes it not good. You can't possibly be good if it doesn't work in practice. So here we go. We already started out. We identified a problem. And we've drilled it down to make sure that the way that we understand it is going to pop out as both important and urgent to people. Then I figured out this idea of like, how would I implement this? What would be the best way to make this work? And when I think about the best way, I want to make sure it's actually going to be used. It's actually going to be something that's seamlessly integrated into what people are already doing. And then I want to make sure that I do the ever checking in advance of the errors. I want to get that feedback before I got a product. People say, this completely stinks. And it's a better time to do it. There's no better time to do it than to have a minimal viable product. You haven't put a lot of money into this app. You haven't done a whole lot of planning for this vacation. You haven't planned out your whole year worth of lessons as a teacher. So once you've figured out that urgency, the importance once you figured out this idea of understanding how do I implement this thing so that it actually works in practice, the last step, the last step just takes you over. It just takes you all the way over to the other side. Okay? This is how you get to the goodest ideas. You get to the goodest ideas when you ask the person that you're getting feedback from if you had this thing. How would you measure the impact of this thing? So think about this, right? Your school and you're considering whether or not you wanna purchase this discipline management software. And you start thinking about like the other side of it. Like, man, if this worked out, this would mean that everyone was 100% bought in. They were sending me emails like, bro, this is saving us so much time. My guy, cool, just don't call me bro next time. But, like, you start realizing this other side of extreme joy and satisfaction. What does extreme joy and satisfaction look like? It looks like I gotta go buy that $1,000 phone because I wanna get to that other side of extreme joy and satisfaction. It looks like, okay, like, I can handle this way of, you know, cleaning up my house or making sure my room is tidy. Like, this actually is a system that can work. It doesn't feel like the super grind. I could think about rolling out a new policy at work and thinking about the ways that, like, everybody resists these new policies. But if it just went smoothly, if somehow people were bought in, if somehow I was able to get people excited about this change, about this good idea that somebody had in a board meeting, now, now I've got something. Now, when I've got this new product to be released... I probably have an early list of buyers already lined up. I know the marketing language to use because I know what the urgent and important problem is. I know what the product features need to be to tell my designers, because they can go put in these new features and prioritize these based off of what people wanted to see in the implementation. And then more than anything, I'll be able to think about the kind of testimonials that are going to resonate with folks that are using this product, that are enjoying this new initiative. And we start thinking about this good idea and we now have rigor behind the process. We now have a way to get there that gets us out of that very misleading feeling of like, wow, this is a really great idea. This is why I'm not scared of sharing good ideas. I know that so few people will actually follow through with the execution. So... Do me a favor you have a good idea don't just say that it's good verify it go through the three-step process of determining whether that idea was both urgent and important figuring out the best way for this idea to be implemented and then move to the other side by asking that important question of if you adopted this good idea how would you measure the impact does that sound like a good idea to you I hope so. Thank you for listening to the Think Law podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast by clicking on the subscribe option on whatever platform you're listening to. Thank you for helping us create a world where critical thinking is no longer a luxury good. To get the latest and greatest updates about our work, please join our mailing list by texting Law to 66866. Thank you so much for listening to the Think Law Podcast.